The Write-Off, a crime comedy drama, episode one, written by Jennifer Alexander. Part two. Exterior, Caroline's garden, lunchtime. The garden is immaculate, with perfectly trimmed grass and a patio with a table and chairs, with a pristine lace tablecloth, cutlery, a jug, and cups and saucers. It's a mature garden with flowers, trees, hanging baskets and ornaments. Everything about it evokes a quintessentially English scene. Shane has a ridiculously large chef's hat on and wears a kiss-the-chef apron whilst he barbecues. Zoe is running around the garden and stopping to pick flowers she likes and brings them to Mary. Oh, lovely Zoe. Matthew and Molly, following just behind, arrive through the gate wearing masks. Shane panics and pulls a mask out of his pocket and puts it on. Oh, are we doing masks? I'll have to get mine inside and I'll get a band for your flowers too, Zoe. Zoe follows Mary inside and Lydia comes out with buns and salad and sees everyone is wearing masks, so reverses back in. Molly sits at the table, tapping her fingers impatiently. So, it's been quite a day, hasn't it? Nice weather, though. So, good day for a barbie. Cue. Let's cut through the pleasantries, please. I don't mean to be rude, but could we get on? We're very busy. Shane now looks a bit spooked. So, whereabouts in Australia are you from? Molly rolls her eyes. Perth, mate. Shane looks a bit more comfortable. Nice place to live. Shane smiles but looks distant. Yes, well, it can be quite an isolating place. Most isolated city in the world. Matthew nods, listening. That's why I like the UK so much. Europe's on your doorstep. So many cultures. Well, friendly people. Just like home. Lydia, Mary and Zoe come out now with the rolls and salad. Lydia and Mary are now wearing masks. Shane, what's wrong? Everyone looks at Molly and then back at Shane. I uh, have just been trying to keep myself busy and try not to think at home too much. When I met you, Mary and Caroline, well, you've just been so nice. Mary and Lydia come closer to Shane to comfort him. It was a... Fun distraction while it lasted. I'm sorry to have caused any upset. Matthew frowns sadly at Molly to try and get a reaction. Molly tries to ignore him but relents. Look, I'm sorry if I've been harsh. We're the police though, so you need to leave this to us. We need this to be professional. Molly Burbridge, I've looked after you as a child and you should know we're not gossips. I will take all secrets to the grave. Molly looks guilty. A neighbour, Dave, pops his head over the fence. Smells good, Shane. Right, Mary. Found out a cute Dexter yet? Uh, yes, thank you, Dave, for all your information. Aye. Dave notices Matthew and Molly. Oh, uh, afternoon. Dave leaves the fence. Unbelievable. Right, let's get to it. Shane, please, if you wouldn't mind. Shane goes around the corner of the garden to bring out Zoe's toddler easel. It's covered in old paint with chalk marks and has a piece of paper attached to it, with photos of suspects and information next to them. Molly isn't impressed. Right, we still need to interview Dexter's wife, Kirsty. We know Andrew lent Dexter money, 
God knows if setting up a cafe was the real reason Andrew lent Dexter 10k. Well, I spoke to the estate agent this morning. Flashback, external. Estate agent's office, morning. Dexter put down 10,000 to rent a cafe next year as he had a poor credit history. As Mary explains her story, we see her enter the estate agent's office. The lady at the front desk nods at Mary and makes a call on her phone. A door opens from the back of the office and we don't see the person Mary is speaking to, only her nodding as the person speaks to her. End of flashback sequence. Present. Exterior, Caroline's garden, lunchtime. Matthew nods and looks through his notes on his notepad. That's right, Dexter does have a bit of a gambling habit. Caroline comes in through the gate in her nurse's uniform. Again, Matthew, information you could have shared before. That group of friends played poker together. Dexter was a bit wild. He was always egging people on to do things they weren't really comfortable doing. We heard some of the wives chatting about it at the tea room this morning. We took Zoe for a milkshake. When Molly and Matthew were at Andrews, well, Caroline was already having to call on John's wife Jess to do her diabetes checkup. Caroline nods. Tall John. I like John. He's a really gentle giant. And his wife Jess is diabetic, so she's isolating. Caroline called in her for a checkup. Shane and Lydia were there at the same time talking to John. Flashback, interior, John and Jess's lounge, morning. Through the open French doors, Caroline and Jess see Lydia and Shane arrive through the gate wearing masks. Jess says something to Caroline, which makes Caroline nod and close the doors. Caroline can see John welcoming Lydia and Shane. Chris and Peter look at each other and cross their arms. John was there in the garden, preparing photographs and notes for the eulogy with Dexter's other friends, Peter and Chris. End of flashback sequence. Present. Exterior, Caroline's garden, lunchtime. Molly is intrigued at what Lydia has discovered. And? Chris and Peter will only speak to us through their solicitors. Andrew may have got to them. John was the only one to talk. He said Dexter was always especially kind to him. I've looked into everyone else's finances and they're all financially stable, so what else are they hiding? I looked into phone records and nothing looks out of ordinary at the moment. Phone records? I mean, who picks up phones these days? It's all social media groups and emails. We'd need a warrant or permission to look into those. At the moment, we don't have reason to. Let's remember, though, just because the suspects look like they have something to hide, they may do, but we still don't know if Dexter was killed. We're still waiting for a toxology report. Right, burgers and sausages are all done. You guys want yours to go? Exterior, Bramley Primary School gates, afternoon. Matthew's car pulls up on the road. He's wearing sweatpants that leave little to the imagination. A tight white T-shirt and has styled his hair. He takes out his phone and calls Molly. OK, remember, avoid Andrew's wife, Jane, as she's met you and the suspects you've met, which should be fine because most of their children come out the other gate. Matthew spots Jane far off in the distance. So I'm a sexy, cool, laid-back uncle who's picking up your kids. I'm living with you until I get back on my feet after the divorce. Matthew takes a glimpse of himself in the rearview mirror and he likes what he sees. Whatever, yeah. Uh, just avoid talking about parenting styles, discipline and sugar and should be fine. Matthew nods. Women open up to me like a moth to a flame. I don't know why we didn't consider talking to the wives first. He hangs up and he gets out of the car. Two hipster dads walk past, one with a baby in a sling and one pushing a stroller with a toddler. 
All right, lads. They completely ignore him. Hipsticlica. Let's try the ladies. Two women pass and he throws them a look and a nod. Got a hot date, sweetheart. He's got enough half-shave on to take down Little Mix. The women laugh like cackling witches. <laughs> oh, bless him. The women continue to walk past. They queue up and social distance at the gate and Matthew lines up behind them. This is more brutal than online dating. Sorry, what? You want to date me? I'm married. No, sorry, I was talking out loud. Just a bit rusty. Sorry. The two women now have hands on hips and are now trying to size Matthew up. Mate, this ain't the place to pick up women. <laughs> you got a kid here? I ain't seen you before. Yeah, should we be calling the police or something? Matthew looks around for help. There's women trying not to laugh behind him. Look, ladies, I'm Liam and Noel's uncle. Just standing in for Molly who's caught up at work. Molly's brother. Why you got an accent, though? Woman one and two look even more suspicious of Matthew. Um, we're half siblings. Kirsty, a drop-dead gorgeous woman, jumps in from behind to save him. Lovely to meet you, Matthew. Are you staying here long? Matthew smiles, relieved to receive a friendly olive branch. Woman one and two quickly turn around, terrified of Kirsty. Interior, Molly's car round the corner from Bramley School, afternoon. Matthew slams the door as he gets into the car, wearing a mask, and Noel and Liam climb in too and shut the doors. Molly wakes from a nap, grumpy with her mask on wonky. Oh, hi boys, good day at school. Noel and Liam shrug. Matthew is fuming. How could you? Molly looks puzzled. You know I get lightheaded if I've been working too hard. I feel a cold coming on. Noel and Liam get fidgety and start wrestling, rocking the car a little. Spare us, please, not that. You threw me in the lion's den. Boys, stop it! Or no fish and chips tonight! The boys stop in shock, and Molly is flabbergasted at the thought. Oh, wait, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Boys continue to wrestle, and the car rocks again. Molly looks a little depressed and fed up. I thought the mouthy mums were prickly. That were nothing compared to the pushy PTA mum. No, that's great. You must have met Kirsty, Dexter's wife. Yeah, that was very quickly established. Not very upset about a late husband. Unless she's throwing herself into PTA fundraisers and forcing the PTA children onto us for playdates as some sort of distraction. Which means... Yep. We'll be getting to know the rest of the suspect's wives. Every last manipulative beast. I never thought I'd say this, but um, I think we're going to need to call Lydia for backup. Matthew looks pleasantly surprised. This is a one-time offer, mind. We need wine. Lots of wine. Not the box stuff. We need bottled to tame that lot. Matthew nods in agreement. It will be three against three. How are we going to do this safely with all the mums and kids? We'll split the playdates up between us all. Divide and conquer. Wait, you won't be there to help? You'll be fine. Probably. You're a detective. You've dealt with rowdy drunks. Mum, can we go? Shh, a minute. The boys continue wrestling and the car starts rocking. Parenting style and discipline. Subjects best to avoid them. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it can really get people's backs up. Matthew is about to say something, but then shuts his mouth. Mm. Molly turns the engine on. Seatbelts on, boys. Mummy's got you sweet treats and, oh, we're gonna have a play date. Yay! <laughs> Noel and Liam buckle their seatbelts. She chucks them bags of sweets and pulls away from the parking spot. Noel starts kicking Matthew's seat and Molly ignores it. Noel and Liam laugh cheekily. <laughs> Matthew is absolutely horrified. Exterior, Caroline's Garden, late afternoon. 
At the table, Zoe is asleep on Caroline. Caroline pours wine for herself and Lydia. Another glass is out for Mary, which Caroline tops up. Shane cooks fish whilst also drinking wine. Mary comes outside with a brown envelope. It's for you, Lydia. She passes it over. Oh, it's probably paperwork for my leave. Lydia opens it and is astonished to find divorce papers. Interior, Amit's office, London, late afternoon. Amit looks out his view of London from his office window whilst he tries calling Lydia on his mobile. He has boxes packed. His divorce paperwork is out. He puts his mobile away and turns around to sign them. He puts them back in a big brown envelope and places it on top of his box of belongings. He places it in his filing cabinet under Dexter and Kirsty's divorce paperwork. He shuts the door to his office and makes his way down the corridor with his box of belongings. There's a commotion between a divorcing couple and their respective solicitors ahead of him. You won't get another penny out of me, Gemma. You're a selfish slut and you've ruined my life. Mr Thomas, I recommend we take a break and come back to this Monday. Mr David Thomas looks worried. Gemma, it would be cheaper if we got back together. I mean, these solicitors would just drag things out. Mrs Gemma Thomas and her solicitor keep walking away. But think of the kids. No inheritance. They're fully grown adults, David, and they hate you. Go home. Mrs Gemma Thomas turns and walks away again. Mr Thomas runs frantically to block her and her solicitor from exiting the floor. I can try and forgive you for having that gangbang. It was two one-night stands, David. Mr David Thomas gives her a sceptical look. Well, whoever I sleep with now is no concern of yours. Amit tries to get past them with his belongings to no avail. Oh, screw the kids. You didn't want kids anyway. Let's try an, an open marriage, eh? You're pathetic. Please. Please, Gemma. If you ever loved me. David is now on his knees and Gemma is momentarily moved by his emotions. Please. Don't touch my pensions. Gemma shoves past David. She pushes the button on the elevator and Ahmed is able to squeeze in with her and her solicitor as it opens. The elevator shuts on David, who looks suddenly smaller and helpless. <gasps> Interior, Amit's office elevator, London. Late afternoon. Amit looks a bit lost and shaken up by what he's just witnessed. We'll miss you, Amit. Give our best to Lydia. Wonderful human. Hold on to that one. Mrs Gemma Andrews flashes Amit a flirtatious smile but he looks away and looks straight ahead with a vacant stare. Exterior, Amit's office car park, London, late afternoon. In a vast, empty underground car park, Amit puts his belongings into the boot of his car. He shuts the boot, which sends an echo through his surroundings. Laura is behind him, dressed as a mime. Amit, are you okay? Amit is startled. He wasn't expecting her. Uh, yeah, fine. I'd... Just got to pick up some things from the flat. I'll meet you for dinner. Oh, OK. Laura kisses him on the cheek. I'll just walk home and I'll get some air then. You text me later. Amit nods. He gets into his car and Laura walks off. Interior, Amit's car, late afternoon. Amit looks in his rearview mirror at Laura walking away in the distance. He cringes and bangs his head against the steering wheel. His phone rings. It's Lydia and he tries to compose himself. Lydia! Hi. 
Interior. Caroline's living room. Late afternoon. Lydia has the divorce paperwork out in front of her, laid out on the coffee table and takes a sip of tea calmly. The voices of the rest of the household are outside in the garden, laughing and chatting quietly. Hi, Amit. I didn't know you wanted to do things so quickly, but I can get things rolling on my end. Lydia looks hurt. She becomes distracted by seeing Matthew through the window outside, walking bandit. Is it too soon to be doing this? No. I'm not going to stop you from moving on. Lydia waits for a response from Amit. Matthew sees her stare as he looks towards her house. He smiles and she smiles back. How Zoe? Lydia snaps out of her gaze. She's asleep, but fine. She asks about you. She can speak to you tomorrow. Promise me we won't end up hating each other. It's important, isn't it, to have someone who's always got your back? Lydia looks at Matthew again, who's now being dragged away by Bandit. Yes. Good. I'm sorry, I've really got to go. A man in the village, Dexter, has, has died suddenly, but I can't really talk about it. I have to go talk to Matthew. You know Dexter? You're in touch with the Matthew, your ex. How do you know Dexter? I can't tell you you know that. Have you seen Matthew? <gasps> They're divorcing! That explains what exactly? Lydia stands up and paces. It's all starting to come together in my head, but in patches. I need to talk to Shane. I've got to go. Lyd. Lydia hangs up on Amit and walks out of the room. Interior, Shane's bedroom, early evening. Shane is sat at his desk. There's books of murder mysteries and thrillers surrounding the room. Geeky tech gear, etc. Lydia comes in. Right, Zoe's down for the night. You ready for this? Shane opens his laptop and opens a video conference. Awesome. Let's get stuck in. I'll just take a few notes for the case. Some from a novel? Yeah, that's fine. Just don't tell them. Matthew and Molly join the conference. Hey guys, uh, you okay, Lydia, to help out with these playdates? Oh, my depth here. Molly rolls her eyes. I mean, I'm great with kids. They're the future, aren't they? Lydia is raring to go and getting impatient as she paces. So important. It's these PTA moms that scare me. Oh, that's fine. We can do both of ours together. All ready? Shane's here for IT support only. Right, here's my thoughts. Lydia stops for a moment. If it's Kirsty's kids, Matthew, don't forget her son has a nut allergy. Mum knows their kids. Matthew takes note. And Lydia, avoid talking about politics to the other wife as she'll have you pinned against the wall with her agenda's gone midnight. Lydia takes note. Is she the one banging on about parking on the high street? Because she does have a point. Lydia. Lydia stops herself from going on that tangent. Right, sorry, yes. So here's the thoughts swimming around in my head at the moment that aren't adding up yet. Lydia wheels in the toddler easel to point to the suspects and information as she speaks. The £10,000, the other two men not speaking without a solicitor present. Why John was the only one who had anything nice to say about Dexter. Amit has just as good as told me that Kirsty and Dexter are getting a divorce. James's wife Sally didn't seem too upset that Dexter had died, so why would Dexter go to all that trouble of seeking a divorce from Kirsty? So, it's not a crime of passion. Or is it? Perhaps. Unless it's Kirsty, which seems too obvious to me. Some women come off colder than others. It doesn't mean Sally wasn't in love. I think she's still a possible suspect. Yes, yeah, so if it's a crime of passion and it's James, not Kirsty, who killed Dexter. Ah. <sighs> it doesn't fit, though, does it? He was a snivelling mess. Doesn't have it in him to kill Dexter. Anyway, he was the one that hinted at an affair as a possible cause of murder. Why would he frame himself? Andrew's wife Jane was a bit switchy. 
Okay, my theory is Jane could have been having a fling too and Andrew didn't know about his wife until just before the murder. Otherwise, why give Dexter all that money when they're struggling themselves? Matthew, Shane and Molly look lost. Where are you going with this? Things have to tie together. This is all fragmented trains of thought. Okay, wait. So stay with me. Dexter blackmailed Andrew to giving him the money somehow and he was using the money to pay for a divorce instead of that cafe. Why? Mary spoke to the estate agent. Things have to make sense, Liddy. We can't just paste things together to make something that isn't logical. Right, yes. Could we follow up on this estate agent again? Let's find out why the men won't talk without a solicitor. By the way, gang, uh, I've got some good news and some bad news. Lydia, Gov wants you to transfer back on our team, if you're staying this time. Lydia tries to take in the news, and so does Molly, who does not look happy. Gosh, that's such a generous offer. Yes, I would love to stay here with Zoe. I mean, it's complicated at the moment with her dad, but yes, I'd be able to for now. He said you'd be an asset as you have more experience than most of us. I mean, the London Met. Best of the best. Molly looks resentful. Is this a bad idea? Um, You two have history? No, I don't think so. No, I can stay professional. Right, yeah. Just don't go getting back together. Matthew blushes, but Lydia is unaffected. Life's complicated enough at the moment, so uh, what's the good news? Uh, I think that was the... uh, um... Gov wants us to drop the case. Toxology showed Dexter died of a heart attack. Probable cause, cocaine. No harm on following up on the estate agent tomorrow, though. I guess the playdates are already going to happen. May shed some light on everything anyway. Exterior, Caroline and Molly's street. Late evening. Matthew jogs up the road, alone this time, and stops to catch his breath before Molly and Caroline's house. Lydia comes out in her PJs, waving. Hey. Oh, hey. So Shane has found out the wives of the suspects have a social media chat group. He's managed to find out that a few nights back they were all scheming. Matthew looks pissed off. To get their husbands to encourage the other husbands to fix various issues that were annoying them over lockdown. Matthew looks puzzled as he tries to keep up. All except John's wife, Jess, which is odd. In whose relationship wasn't strained over lockdown? This is why you're always ahead of us. Lydia. Yes, it sped up my process and I know it won't happen again. What were you thinking? All your hard work and you could have lost everything. I can take care of myself, thank you, and it won't happen again. This is why it wouldn't have worked between us. You're too careless. We only have to work together. Matthew looks at her lovingly. He looks as though he could kiss her. Lydia. Lydia looks to the ground. Water squirts Matthew in the eye. Ah! Lydia looks up to see what she thinks are tears on his face. Are you... crying? No, God no. When Lydia looks behind her, she gets squirted in the face by Molly, who's squirting water from her front window with a water pistol. Oi! None of that, you two. Keep your safe distance, please. What? What are you doing? Oh, this. Oh, it's to stop the cats mating in my garden. Lots of hormones racing around this year. Lydia is thoroughly pissed off and starts walking off. Poor sex-starved cats. Lockdown's been tough on those kitties, too. See you after the play dates. Lydia makes her way back to Caroline's. Molly shakes her head at Matthew. What? You're embarrassing yourself. No self-respecting mother would throw herself into the arms of the first man to offer. You did. Yeah. But I'm smarter now, ain't I? And uh, she went to a better school. She got a head start. 
Molly is about to close the window. Mum, are you going to untie us? Molly is startled. Matthew looks worried. Oh, please, don't call social. I just needed a break. So hard being a working single mother. Molly looks to the ground, waiting for Matthew to comfort her. Mum! Matthew doesn't know how to respond. You're winding me up, right? This is just one of those disciplined parenting style things. Help us, Matthew! We're playing cowboys and Indians, you Wally. Matthew looks relieved. Right, yeah, of course. See you after the play dates. Matthew still looks worried, but jogs off. Molly closes the window.